Hello everybody and welcome to another podcast. It's Coach Marky Manila here from ESL Business English Experts and of course initial-impact.com. My podcasts are here to help you live the best possible life you can, whether it be improving your English as a second language, perhaps you want to nail your IELTS or your OET exams, Possibly you're a native English speaker, but you feel you lack confidence in your public speaking, your presentations or your interviews. Maybe you're struggling to get invited to interviews because your cover letter or your resume just don't seem to be doing the trick. Whatever it is on that score, I'm here to help you. And if you'd like to have a free consultation to discuss your specific problem, drop me a line. You can also reach me at initial-impact.com. And of course, my email, hello at initial-impact.com. Get a free 30-minute session with me, any time zone in the world. We can schedule it to fit and let's work out how to unstick you. Also, if you're looking to attract great wealth into your life perhaps you want to change everything that's happening to you maybe you're sick of bad relationships or poorly performing experiences where you feel you're lacking something perhaps you've lost your excitement your energy in life maybe you're feeling lost and confused about your life direction I can help you using NLP and quantum coaching. Quantum attraction coaching is difficult to explain and probably better actually experienced in person. So again, you can use that 30 minute free consultation to try a session with me. See the difference and feel the difference for yourself. Most people report that when they leave a session with me, they feel far more confident, switched on, aware of where they need to go next and what they need to do to move their life forward. So look, I want to help you. The offer is there, so take it while you can. Also, you can try all of my books down below. Feel free to explore as many as you like. And remember that 10% of the profits go to help me help street kids here in our foundation. And the other 10%, well, they go to helping support the bookstores to keep them independent. So everybody stays unique and growing. Today, I'd like to discuss with you something quite important, which is how to create rapport. Now, what is rapport? Um, if you think about it, it's actually uh, from the French lexicon, but it's in the English language. Rapport is generally just that lovely feeling you have when you meet somebody for the first time, but you feel like you've known them forever. It's a good feeling, a kind of like comradeship um, that you develop. And I'm sure you've all experienced rapport from time to time. If you think back to a meeting you might have had or just bumping into somebody, uh, and that's a good expression if you've just kind of, you know, met somebody for the first time, and it could be maybe on a train or maybe an aircraft or something, or perhaps in a shop or waiting in a waiting room somewhere. But whatever it is and whenever it is, you kind of feel like, wow, I really like this person. I know that I don't know them, but I feel like I've known them forever. That's rapport. Now, I used to work for HSBC Bank many, many years ago, and I was coaching rookies there um, to uh, enhance the customer experience, okay? And also working on the high net worth and um, outbound retention team. So we were working with very um, exclusive clients, shall we say, um, many who were celebrities or perhaps had you know money behind them. And we wanted to ensure they had a sterling experience just as much as we wanted the same for the general customers. Um, both were treated equally I have to say which I loved um, about HSBC the way that uh, they they treated all of the customers fairly um, an excellent company to work for 
and um, I'm no longer working with them um, so I'm getting nothing from saying this about them I have no reason to say they're great but I absolutely do love them and I highly recommend them um, if you're looking for an employer to go and work for uh, perhaps if you uh, want to emigrate overseas of course HSBC being the world's largest bank and um, has outlets all over um, and I do coach other clients actually who do work for HSBC so um, in a way, I'm still kind of doing some work with them, but uh, helping helping their employees who want to privately improve their English and their leadership and presentation skills. If that sounds like you too, then I can help you. If you want to improve your leadership, um, or perhaps you need to give uh, very big presentations to stakeholders, um, or in, you're in the public eye, then again, I can help you get that confidence and deliver your message succinctly and to the point. So let's talk about rapport. What do you know about rapport other than it makes you feel good? Okay, but even more importantly, how on earth do these people create it? So when we were talking about the bank there, HSBC, what was important was listening. Yeah, I did say listening. Now you might think, well, <laughs> when you're meeting somebody, it's all about talking, right? Trying to make them like you and just talk, talk, talk. Wrong. Okay, the first thing that anybody who wants to create good rapport does is listen. Now that is a skill in its own right and it's just as an important part of the communication process as speaking. Let me explain. If you don't listen when you ask a question to somebody, maybe you meet them for the first time and you say, oh, what do you do? Or have you come here often? Or why did you, why did you choose this place to go on holiday? Or whatever it is, okay? Um, if you're talking in commercial terms, maybe you're in a call center yourself um, or dealing in a customer-facing environment at a hotel or perhaps any other you know, area where you're going to have to meet people on a regular basis who are strangers. The first thing you want to do is ask them open questions. That's how you create rapport. You ask questions, but you also then listen to the answer. Okay, so what are open questions? Well, I do a whole masterclass on this. Um, if you want to get a masterclass with me, they are limited now, um, but you can drop down to my site at ESL in businessenglishexperts.com and you can book yourself a place on one of those. Um, you can also chat with me, as I say, on Telegram about this as well. The links are down below there too. So when we do this, okay, we ask open questions. So they are how, what, where, when, who, why. These are all open questions. Now, if you ask somebody an open question, for example, a simple one, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Well, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Or yesterday, depending on the time of day. Right, okay. You're probably giving me a list of things. You're not just saying yes or no, because of course that would be stupid, right? To answer that with a yes or no doesn't make sense. So you see, open questions force the other person to give you some information. Not a lot necessarily, but some. So you might say, well, I had bacon and eggs, or I had rice, or whatever it is, right? Okay, so then with that open question answered, you can then ask more open questions about their answer. This is what you do to try and build a conversation when you don't know anybody at all how to create instant rapport. So you say, oh, why did you choose to have bacon and eggs? Okay, or how often do you have bacon and eggs? Okay, or where did you have those bacon and eggs? Maybe they went out to a restaurant, right? You just don't know. So then they have to answer that. Well, why did I choose bacon and eggs? Because I have a particular love of bacon um, and I haven't had bacon for quite some time, so I decided to treat myself. Okay, and then I might then ask another open question about that. 
okay so i might say well uh, how do you like your bacon cooked do you like it crispy do you like it you know kind of tender well, how do you like that so you see what i'm doing here every answer i get to the open question i ask another open question too and look what else is happening in this communication cycle I am making the other person do all of the hard work. Now, if you're speaking English as a second language, one of the most terrifying things, and I totally know how this feels, because when I had to learn Spanish, it's like, ah, is how to keep the conversation going without putting loads of pressure on yourself. Because your job is really trying to listen and just uh, survive the conversation sometimes, right? Okay. So, the way you do that is you make the other person do all of the hard, heavy lifting, as I would say. Meaning, you ask the open questions, they are speaking far more, and you just keep them asking another question. And they'll just keep talking. And the best thing you can do, wherever possible, is make the questions about somebody. Right? Not something. So, the most favourite subject of all people is themselves. Myself included. It's just a fact. It's just human nature. If you ask somebody to tell you all about their pet hates or what do they love doing, they can talk for hours. But if you ask that same person maybe to tell you what they think about the state of the economy or something they're not interested in, they'll be like, well, a few words and then done. So the next tip is to ask them questions about themselves. But remember, not too personal, right? Okay, we <laughs> we don't want to get personal here. But, you know, reasonable ones such as, oh, you know, how, how often do you do that hobby? Why did you take up that sport? And if they say, well, I, I won a medal when I was 10, oh, tell me more about that. How did you win that? Okay, you see what we're doing. And they will tell you because they're really happy to share their love of a sport with you, or whatever it is you're asking them about. But the point is, you want to be listening deeply and understanding what motivates this person. So if you were doing this as maybe a salesperson or a customer services rep, um, you want to make appropriate conversation, ask some questions that you think will get you some answers and information that then will be useful to assist you in obviously what your goal is there as them serving them as your client, okay? So for example, let me give an example. In real estate terms, because I, I, I work in property, um, if we are going to be inquiring about what motivates somebody to want to invest in a property, sorts of questions we might ask is, uh, where specifically in the world would you like to invest in a property? Okay, so they might say, oh, the UK. And I might say, oh, why the UK? Why, why specifically there? And they may say, well, because I, I'm interested in the university towns such as Manchester and Liverpool and Sheffield and London and whatever, um, I, I believe they're great places and I'm eventually going to send my son or daughter to university there. So I would like to have a property there already. So when I do send them there, when they're, you know, 19 or whatever, there is already an accommodation for them and I don't have to spend money. Ha! Right, okay, so now I've just got loads of information, right? I know specifically the cities they're looking for, the why, and they actually have some children. Okay, so I say, oh, how many children do you have? All right, okay, and they're gonna tell me. And I might say, you know, what ages are they now? Right, so I'm building a picture of the client, but also showing interest in that client's life, which, as I say, their favorite conversation, just like your favorite conversation and mine, is themselves. So we want that information because it enables us to genuinely and authentically connect with that individual, okay? Now, it's really important I say this again. It's about a genuine interest in that client. I do not say this by, you should just ask these questions because you're looking to just probe and get information so you can then suddenly jump on them and present some solution that isn't still right for them. 
always, always lead with your heart, okay? Even if there is a product or service that you really want to sell to somebody, okay? But, you know, it's gonna make you your commission or it's gonna help make you look better at your company or whatever it is, right? Okay, don't do it, don't do it. You should always go with your heart and it should be a, a definite win-win for both parties. Okay, so if we're talking about building rapport in order to present a solution, make sure it really is a solution that works for your client and be genuinely interested in wanting to solve that. Forget about your sales targets, forget about everything else, all right? Just focus in that moment on your client. Now, this is where I'm merging the quantum attraction theory in here, right? Okay, because when we lead with a heart, we lead with joy, passion, happiness. Like a client said to me earlier on tonight, they said, wow, you really love what you do, don't you? I can tell. I'd only just had like, what, 10 seconds in a session with this client. And already he was noticing the energy, my enthusiasm, my interest in him because I genuinely do care. I care about making a difference and trying to quickly understand what is the problem. In this case, it was somebody speaking English as a second language. What's holding him back? And how can I help him unstick himself? So he feels empowered to go forward, right? Okay, that's the idea in coaching. Not that people get reliant upon us, but that we can help you find the answers quickly for yourself and then you can move on with your life. Okay, that is the goal of coaching, not to keep you in a coaching relationship forever. So, from your point of view, to recap, it's about asking those open questions about them, about their situation, and then using that information to present decent, reliable, and authentic, helpful information that may solve their problem. It's vital that you listen to these answers. And the next thing I'm going to share with you, the other tip here, is to use the customer's own words. Now, we got taught this at HSBC, you cow, okay? It's, it's great, you cow, right? Use the customer's own words. Use, you, cow, customer, own, o, words, w, you cow, right? Acronym. So, use the customer's own words. If they say, you know, I'm desperate, I'm desperate to invest in Liverpool, okay? Because I think the opportunities are there then when you're summarizing, you say, okay, well, thank you for sharing that information with Mark. So I understand you're desperate to work, you know, to invest in Liverpool. And here's what I'd suggest. So you're going to drop in keywords that they have emphasized in their own language, because when you use a customer's or client's own words, they <clears throat> subconsciously, they recognize those are similar to the words they've just used with you, the similar pattern. And you see people by people, and people specifically by people who are like or similar to themselves. It's just a fact. So your job is to ensure that you are picking up on the words that matter to your client or your customer, all right? And if we're talking about relationships here, well, again, the same thing applies, right? If your partner or your would-be partner or someone you're interested in, in creating a relationship with is using certain words, you use them too, okay? It's called, in relationship terms, it's called mirroring or matching. Um, You'll often see couples do this, not consciously. Um, if a, a couple is completely in sync, and I would say coherently at a quantum level, matching and a high vibrational state, you will automatically see their body language match, okay? So when one leans forward at the dinner table, the other one does too. When the one leans back, the other one does a few seconds later. Um, if one is touching their hair or, you know, perhaps just rubbing the side of the face, the other one will do so. When one drinks, the other drinks. When one yawns, another yawns. It's kind of like that. And you know you're in kind of some symbiotic 
linking coherent state when that happens. Um, and as I say, people also teach this in body language techniques. You can learn to mimic that. And as I say, that to me is, huh, how can I put this? Yeah, okay, it's, it's okay to do it, don't get me wrong. And I can, I can teach people to do this and coach people to do this and certainly have in the past. But the thing is, is that from my point of view, it should always come from an authentic place. To try and copy somebody on purpose to make them feel as though they're in sync with you, to me is, hmm, I don't know. I don't know whether I feel that's very fair, <laughs> okay? It's not a fair fight if you're doing that on purpose and it's not coming from a genuine space. So personally speaking, I use the law of quantum attraction and the, the, the universal field here, and it should just be that you should fall in sync with that person. That should happen automatically without you having to focus on it. However, what I would say on that one is that it's helpful for you to focus if they are copying you. Okay, so rather than misuse that power, I would highly suggest that you watch. So if that person is mirroring you and using your words, you know that somewhere you're in sync. And hopefully that is a genuine in sync and they haven't read some book on body language or mirroring and are not trying to force a technique on you, all right? There's no way 100% for you to be sure of that, but I think that's quite unlikely. Um, can happen, but uh, I, I believe that it doesn't happen as often as perhaps people would make out. So just to summarize there, right, ask open questions show genuine interest in that person, specifically about them, okay? Um, ask more questions to get information, to find out what matters to them. Use the customer's own words, repeat back, summarize what they've said to show that you've acknowledged and you've validated what they've said to you, okay? And the other thing you can do, as I say, is looking for the mirroring, right? Looking for that pattern matching to see whether you're in sync or not. If uh, in a conversation, if at the end of a meeting, people are more leaning in and more relaxed, then you know that things are going well. If clearly they're still sat with their arms crossed and looking kind of leaning back in the chair and a bit aloof, you know that perhaps that's not a good sign. So you can use body language to, to test where you currently are in that, that relationship building stage. The final thing I'd say is, um, um, if you're an English speaker, um, well, it's a second language for you, idioms are a great way to build rapport. Uh, it's <clears throat> important that you try to use native sounding expressions and phrases and idioms are wonderfully quick ways fun ones that you can learn to drop in, as I've said before, to like add a bit of spice to your conversation. But when a native speaker hears a non-native speaker using it, it's like, wow, you know this. They're kind of genuinely surprised. Um, if you think about your own native language, it's likely that you'll have phrases that only locals would know. So if I came out with them, you'd be like, wow, cool. How do you know that, right? It's kind of cute, kind of funky, and it makes you feel good about that person. You're kind of like, wow, they're all right, you know? They've made an effort to understand that. What else do they know? So these are helpful things. And, you know, if you want to check out idioms, there's loads of great PDFs online with sheet after sheet of idioms. You can knock yourself out on those. And if you want to practice using idioms in the right way with me, then take advantage of that 30-minute free consultation with me at initial-impact.com and you can test it out and see if you can blow me away with your idioms. But I would say don't overdo them. Right? Too many idioms can sound horrific and really forced and nasty. So like everything, like herbs and spices in cooking, use them wisely, okay? 
So I hope this has been a bit of a crash course and an idea for you how to create some instant rapport with somebody. Um, do feel free to let me know how it works for you. I'm always delighted to get feedback from my listeners. Um, again, if you would like to support any of the initiatives that I've mentioned, the links are down below. I'm also giving a link down here um, for many different ways that you can improve and enhance your English. And that includes using various platforms, including Preply and iTalky. Of course, you've got my own services as well. Um, feel free to try them out, all right? If you use my links, I get a small commission, which helps me carry on these podcasts. And it also usually gives you some benefit too. So it's worthwhile doing. Um, as I say, you're only limited by the power of your own imagination. So try this today. Try building some rapport with someone today. Test it out. And remember this, even if you change one thing in your life, it's still one thing that will possibly elicit a new outcome. Because if we keep repeating the same thing in our life, we keep getting the same result. So choose to change one behavior today. Think what that could be. I'd like to leave you with that thought. And maybe you're going to choose to react in a different way or say something a different way or just be brave enough to speak in a meeting in a different way. See what happens and let me know. I'm always excited to hear from you, okay? I just want you to go and live your best possible lives. Everybody's got a dream. Everybody wants to achieve something. And life is way too short. So go achieve it today. Or if not today, then certainly tomorrow when you wake back up, if it's the evening. I'm going to bid you a good night here from Manila. Take care, stay safe, and I'll see you all very soon.